0: This is a True Foundations podcast. Real time, real life, real answers. You see, what
1: happens with relativism is culture supersedes and changes
0: truth. True Foundations is a ministry that seeks to explain and apply biblical teaching to real life in today's ever-changing world. With a view towards building a stronger church, the teachings are focused on making Scripture work for people by encouraging them to allow the words of Jesus to change them from within.
1: There is a problem. They are, as much as they might be in Christ, somehow they are not living from that place. They are either striving. Or oh, they are so passive uh, that they are not functioning as Christians at all. That's disconnection. Now, in disconnection, how can grace work? You see, that's the problem. Uh, there is an idea, and it's a very weak idea, really, when you think about it. There is an idea that, well, you know, God is so good and He is so loving and He's so kind that He will just make up the gap anyway. But that's not true. He requires a response, He res- requires that actually. We are connected to the head, uh, which is Christ himself. This is not a medical thing now. Uh, This is not some psychological understanding of the way the mind works and the way that people function. This is much more serious. You see, the problem is, the disconnected person is just trying to survive. That's all they're doing. And they put it in the reference of some kind of biblical format, uh, some verse here and a verse there. They put it in the connection somehow that they they recognize who Jesus is and they know that he's the answer and, and they know that forgiveness of sins and the removal of guilt is really essential. That's what it's all about. But in reality, there is no taking on board of forgiveness. In reality, guilt has not been removed on the practical level of outworking their faith. And so they are in survival mode. And when you are in survival mode, you are definitely not engaging the grace of God there is no doubt about that because you're just trying to get by you're just trying to somehow muddle through life and that is not what Christianity is about Christianity relationship with Jesus Christ it's about overcoming It's about taking hold of everything that Christ has given to us through his work on the cross, by the power of his resurrection, and his right as the one who ascended to that place where all power is totally and absolutely his by right. And so from that place... He gives. It's very, very difficult to receive when you're on the run. It is very, very difficult to receive uh, when you are a person that is so busy, busy that there's no room for that. It's all been taken up with your own effort and striving. It's very, very difficult to receive. When you are in that passive place, because actually you do not believe anything uh, can happen uh, that will set you free from the place that you were in. You have already decided that it cannot be done, that somehow you're an exception in all this. And you've got your reasons and your background and your history and all of that stuff, the stuff that's happened and somehow the legacy of that, and you are convinced That, well, it doesn't happen to me. And there's this connection. Severed from the head. And we must be totally and absolutely connected to Christ who is our head. Now, if he's our head... That means he is in the place of authority. It means that he who has all power, we are connected to him, and because of that connection, we receive every aspect of power that we need to live the overcoming life. That's called grace. And if we are connected to the head, it means that we receive our identity from him. Uh, Because headship is all about identity as well. It's who he is and what our relationship and our connection to him is all about. We receive our identity from him. And so if we are disconnected, we are lost. We do not really know who we are. We might be able to tick off all the evangelical statements of who we are in Christ. But in reality, that is not functioning because we are in survival mode. And there we are. We are either striving or we've given up. It is the headship of Christ that is totally and absolutely essential for our Christian life, as those who seek to live an overcoming way. There is no substitute for it. There is no other way. You see, disconnection tells me that somebody is trying a different way than God has decided is best for us. It tells me that somehow we are putting our way above his way. So there's control for you. That's a problem, isn't it? So we better lay that down and we better lay ourselves bare before the cross of Christ that we might, in everything, be those who know what it is to live from the place of connection. You see, the whole body is nourished and it's held together and it develops. And it's because our relationship with Christ is the way that it ought to be so I've given you some clues as to to measure whether you are disconnected or not Uh, if you're driven then I have no doubt whatsoever you're disconnected Uh, if you're passive again I have no doubt whatsoever are you disconnected we need to be people who are able to think properly, reasonably, logically, so that we can identify. It is not enough for Christians to have their checklist of what it means to be in Christ. It's not enough. That's a starting point. Uh, And the, the checklist might be real, theologically, accurate, but we need to be able to test for ourselves. We need to say, well, How do I know? Well, there's two things for you. And if they're there in your life, I think you need to do something about it. I I think you need to own it in the first instance. And I think you need, secondly, to give up the control because both passivity and drivenness are issues of control. They are not surrendered to God and His way. And then we come to Him. And from him we receive all the strength that we need to live an overcoming life in this world. That's the truth of the matter. I know we have folks here that understand all of that. I, I know we, we have people here who have come with their weakness. but We've talked about weakness before. They have come with their weakness. They have come with all those things that in a natural way would be against them. They might face death. And they have come with that. They have come with some of their ideas about what the truth is. That have led them down a wrong path. And they have brought them and they have laid them down so that they can walk in the freedom of the power of the gospel. And it's not based upon their personalities. It's not based upon their financial position. It's not based upon how long they have been following Christ. It's not based upon any of those things. Uh, It's not based upon their intellectual capacity. It's not based upon their knowledge of the scriptures. But it is based upon truth. Uh, And it is based upon seeing Christ for who he really is. Uh, And it is based uh, upon that genuine desire to follow him. Not legalism, not follow religion, not follow some kind of spiritual fantasy, but just to cleanly and purely acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord and to follow Him fully and without restraint, without compromise. And it comes from a place of reality. It seems to me that many people who are Christians, have they've taken in lots of fantastic ideas. Myths. Legends. Fantasy. But true Christianity is based upon fact. And when you know and accept those facts, it is actually the most logical way to be and to live. Sometimes people have talked about, well, you know it's all about faith. Of course it's about faith, but they don't understand what faith is. Well, faith is just this leap into the dark. No, it's not. Faith is an outworking of a trust in what is actually true. It doesn't mean that you know everything, but you know enough to make the step. And faith is the most logical and reasonable thing. Paul talks about it in that way. So our Christianity must be based upon, first of all, what is actually demonstrated to be true, factually. But then it is also reasonable and logical. And there is nothing to be afraid of at. It is actually to be welcomed. It is to be taken hold of. It is to be embraced. This is how Paul would express it in some ways. In Philippians uh, chapter three and verse twelve, he says this: this is realism. Not that I have already reached the goal, or am already. Fully mature. So he knows himself. Now this is a guy who's streets ahead of most. This is a guy that that in his life following Jesus, uh, God had given him remarkable giftings. Even extraordinary miracles. But he was totally reasonable, logical, based upon reality. I'm not quite there yet. Now if he can say that, I don't think any of us can go, go better than that. You might have to say I'm a long way off. You might have to say I've barely started. You might have to say there's a lot of things in the way. But unless you start with reality, you will never move forward. And our goal should be, all of us, without doubt, That increasingly as we follow Christ, we should be able to say, I'm not there yet, but I am well on the way. That's what we should be able to see. But it better be real. And so there we have Paul. He's a realist. But then he says, I make every effort to take hold of it because I also have been taken hold. By Christ Jesus. And then he goes on and he pursues. This is not drivenness. This is commitment. You see, he's come first of all from a place of recognition. He's in reality. He knows who he is. He knows what God has given to him. And from that place, then he can say, I pursue. Now we must pursue. And pursuit takes effort. And there is nothing wrong with effort when we know what it is connected to. And again and again, Paul expresses that when he talks about grace. I labor with all my strength, but not me. Christ in me. I do this, but it's the grace of God. And so there is partnership in all of that. Now, partnership can only come if you are connected to the head. I don't say, oh, I'm in partnership for the sake of the gospel if you're disconnected, because you're not. You're in a fantasy. Uh, You've got a substitution. You're living in some kind of alternative reality. It's not real. But when you are in that place of being connected to the head, then you can say, I, but not I. Because you know who you are. You know where you are on the journey. And these are essential things. You might be able to fool yourself. And sometimes, that's where people start. They fool themselves. You might even be able to fool people around you to some extent. But you will not fool everybody definitely you will never fool God he knows you absolutely and what we have recorded in scripture about men and women of God like Paul it is recorded of them in actual real facts their strengths their weaknesses it's all there Nothing is hidden from God. So let us determine that we will be real. Let us be willing to go to those places where we can acknowledge our deficiency. Find the clues. Uh, Yeah, I'm, I'm far too passive. Yeah, I know I've been driven. Well, stop it. Lay it down. It's a false God. It's an idol. Your passivity is an excuse. Bring them before the cross of Christ in full repentance. So that it can be put away for God. Then maybe there's a lot to relearn. But that's fine. Because once you are in that place of reality and you are connected to the head, grace begins to flow. And he gives you everything that you need. Now let's let's just knock away another false prop that that Christians have in this area. And to do that, we just need to refer to Revelation chapter 2. And it's first 5. Again, there's a specific for these people, but the principle transfers. Remember then how far you have fallen. Repent. Do the work you did at first. Otherwise, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. This is why it is so important for us to be real. Uh, to be reasonable. To be logical. Uh, Because a disconnection comes in. I'm a Christian, therefore I have the indwelling Holy Spirit, therefore everything's okay. Well, that's what we call a non sequitur, which means it does not follow. So here we are, we're in Christ. It's a matter of salvation. Our salvation is secure in Him. So, that's good. Uh, We can rely upon that. Uh, We do not need to question that. It's done. But Christianity is a life meant to be lived. And the work of the Spirit within us is not static. And neither can we presume upon it. Uh, Because there must be an engaging, an embracing of what that work is all about. And if we don't, there are consequences. Uh, And to this particular church, the Ephesian church, things were great. Except, and this does not mean all of the people, it means the general gathering together of the corporate body, Uh, The presumption is often this. So Christians meet together. It's usually, most places, Sunday morning. They do their stuff. uh, They sing their songs. uh, They have their particular way of doing it. uh, And some guy stands at the front uh, and says stuff. Uh, And then we finish. And off we go. And the presumption is, just because we have done that, god is there you see there's a presumption uh, in in some gatherings in some churches they even do something called invocation it's written into their form of service they invoke the presence of god i, I think that's a bit risky uh, because invocation is summoning we we do not have the power to do that so we do not invoke god's presence we, we come and we desire God's presence. And and if we are in the right place, we are connected to the head, I think we can have confidence that he will be present. But that's not the same, is it? But here's the thing. is that there are many gatherings and they happen all over the world where Christian people turn up and do their stuff, whatever it is they do, In whatever format it is done. And God is not there. Why? He has removed his presence. He's removed the lampstand. It's not an issue of salvation. It's an issue of identity of the church. It's an issue of God's approval on his people. It's an issue of God's desire to be with his people. But when his people become disconnected from the head, they'd forgotten They had moved away from what they knew was correct in the beginning. They'd moved away from that. They'd lost it. And now they are not in connection. This is John writing. He uses different terminology. They have disconnected themselves. They have lost connection with the head. And so, God is not there. There's no grace for them. Unless... They repent. Uh, So these kind of words, as we go through uh, and seek to understand what these uh, impediments to the grace of God are all about, we must be realistic. We must be real people. We must individually face them for what they are. If we need to face them corporately, then we should face them corporately. And you can take it either way. Uh, You can take it, well, perhaps more than one way. Uh, Perhaps you can take it as a rebuke, and maybe you're not comfortable with that. Uh, And so now, oh, this is a downer. Oh, no, no. Uh, This is kind of heavy work stuff. We don't want this. You can take it like that. Or you can say, the goodness of God is so, so remarkable. His desire is to bring people into a place of freedom. And if you know and live in that place of freedom, it is a case for rejoicing. It is a reminder of what you have been rescued from. If you've had a moment of realism and you have faced the gap of being disconnected, you can say, God is merciful. He has given me a gap. He has held off from a place of judgment so that I can turn to him and leave all that behind and then enter into the connection with Christ in which our freedom lies. I think that's good news. I think that's encouraging that God would do that. But you have to make your own judgment on it. And in the end, I think that will determine not only where we stand individually as people, but it will show us the way forward as a body here. And what a wonderful thing it would be if there was a willingness to leave these impediments behind so that as a people together we can enter in to the fullness of the grace of God and that he is so willing to give to each and every one of us and as a people together. Amen.
0: Thank you for joining us. True Foundations is headed by David J. Jones, a preacher and teacher of the Word of God. His passion is to help individual Christians discover their true identity in Christ and to learn how grace operates in their lives. Currently residing in Canada, he is taught in both North America and the UK and has listeners all over the world. If you have questions about anything you've heard today, please email us at infotruefoundations.ca. At or for more information on True Foundations resources, please visit our website at truefoundations.ca.